0: Hey, welcome back to the Branding for Abundance podcast. This is Dr. TK. So in today's podcast, I want to talk about my very first three private practice clients for my therapy business. And so um, just to give you a context, if you haven't already heard the previous episode of um, the real reason why I left my six-figure job at the county, is I actually decided to open up a private practice Um, while I was working for the county. Um, maybe two years after I was in and I decided that I wanted to open it up and do part-time therapy, um, didn't really have an idea of who I wanted to work with, had no clue where my office was going to be, had no clue how much I wanted to charge. I didn't know anything, which is primarily the reason why I do business coaching specifically for therapists right now, because I do believe that the story that I'm about to tell you is the story of a lot of mental health clinicians. They just don't talk about it or say it out loud, but I'm sure if they are listening, then they this will definitely resonate with them to some degree or all of it. Okay. So, um, as I mentioned, it was July of 2012 specifically. And I remember, um, you know, I was driving back and forth to Lancaster. My schedule was pretty cool in terms of being off for three days because my schedule was pretty consistent in terms of me working at the juvenile camp from Sunday through Wednesday, 10 hours, uh, four hours, like to and from work. Those were pretty long, but then I decided, you know what? I really want to start building my private practice and I need to decide where I want to have it at. So I was really in love with the West side of LA, um, particularly like by the Beverly Center, West LA, Westchester, like anywhere in that area I really wanted to um, see clients at. And I told myself, I'm just going to put myself out there. I'm going to develop a Psychology Today profile, which was also an experiment because I had no clue what I was doing. And wherever I get my first client, that's where I'm going to find an office. So this was hella risky because this was face to face therapy. And wherever the client was, that's where I needed to get an office at. And so I actually did it all the way backward versus getting an office and then, you know, uh, branding and marketing myself in that particular area. So my first client lived In Los Angeles, like not even by the West side, but it was close enough for him to get there. And so I was looking at offices everywhere, but I also wanted to make sure that it was a place where I could grow, um, that it was a nice place. I didn't have to bring my own furniture because... I hadn't even started yet. So I happened to run across an ad like on Craigslist or maybe even Psychology Today. And it was a um, psychologist in which she had three offices. It was literally like five minutes away from the Beverly Center. Um, It was an awesome building. It had like metered parking, you know, which wasn't that bad. And the time that I was going to be going on Fridays in the daytime it was ideal because it wasn't like super crowded and a lot of people in that area didn't work on Fridays anyway. And it also had like a nice cool cafe where I used to get my big Caesar salads at with pita bread, with garlic. It was so bomb. And so what I loved about her is that she saw that I was in the beginning stages of building my practice. So instead of charging me the regular rate, she actually gave me a discount because what she basically said was that if I'm working out per hour, you know, only seeing clients, um, you know, weeks at a time for like one or two hours or something like that versus renting the office for full time or all day on Mondays, she typically would say you needed to pay for what was it? Three hours in that particular day for the entire month. So it would be like 12 hours whether I use it or not. And I'm like, I only got one client. So she said, okay, I'm going to let you do this particular arrangement, but she basically gave me like a good deal. So I said, okay. And she was super nice and nobody was really there on Fridays anyway. So she just told me how to set up, how to set up the waiting room, how to turn on music and things like that. And then she also showed me how to get a business license, um, in Cerritos. And I mean, not in Cerritos, that's my second office, but in the in Los Angeles. So I set all that up and then I told the gentleman and his mom, because he was like 18, 19 years old, that he can come to that office. And so where everything started to also break down is that the mom said, how much do you charge? And at the time I'm like, oh my God, I don't know how much I charge. And so she did not have insurance. She was barely making an income. And so I did learn one thing within a training that I had in grad school, which is how much can you afford? And that was more for sliding scale clients. And she said, I can only afford like such and such dollars. So basically, I think I charged like way below my rate, like one third the rate. So it was like 45 bucks. That's as much as she can pay. And that was my lowest rate. And so I said, okay, I had no clue what I was getting myself into. What I honestly calculated is how much is my office space going to charge me for that particular day? If I saw three clients within that three hour time frame, so that I can at least try to pay the person who owned the office as much as she would regularly make, you know? Um, and I just realized that I might not make a profit, but at least I'll get the experience of figuring out what I should be learning and then I'll seek out help, which was okay, but it wasn't the greatest thing, right? Because back then I wish I had a business coach that was a therapist. So um, I saw that client for about six months. He was pretty consistent for the most part. And then he became, as a young person would, very inconsistent. But some of the learning, learning curves that I did have is that I recognized that being a previous athlete myself with playing basketball from when I was seven years old, all the way throughout high school, and then playing around for fun when I was in college is, um, you know, I really liked working with athletes and they were suffering from anxiety, which of course I've had experience with panic attacks and anxiety as well. And that was one of the things that I love to learn about in regards to the type of therapy that you treat clients with anxiety, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT. So I really loved um, the process of working with him. And then I started to recognize that I can actually market myself, not as a sports psychologist, because you do need a certification, but I can market myself as working particularly with that population because I also attracted a uh, my third client that was actually in another area in Cerritos, where my current office is, I attracted a client over there. And that's how I Actually ended up in Cerritos. So my first client was the 18 or 19 year old, in which I charge a super low rate, but it was a learning curve. And I saw him up until the point where he started being inconsistent, and then I had to recognize, okay, I can't continue to do this. Um, In the mix of seeing him, I then attracted. A full paying client. Now, this situation went good and not good at the same time because, again, it was a learning curve. So this particular client, his wife called and said that he um, was in search of a therapist who can do a workers comp evaluation for EDD. And when I asked her what did it entail, because I didn't have any certifications to do workers' comp, she said that he just needed um paperwork um, of an evaluation of mental health. And I said, Well, I can't guarantee anything, but I can do an intake, but he needs to call me, you know, he's the client. So he called me, he set up the appointment. I told him that my fee was 150. He said, Okay. So it was very clear over the phone that He through the wife's report that he had called multiple therapists and I was the only one that he could make an appointment with. That should have been a red flag, but I was just super excited to have my first full paid client. And it was something that I do well, which was intakes, right? So when he came in, he was a African-American male over like 40 years old. And when he presented himself, I just felt clinically like, He wasn't being fully accurate with his symptomology. I felt like he was telling me what he thought I needed to hear, but nevertheless, I took his account for what he said. And of course, in our notes, we are able to talk about, um, is what they're giving me congruent with what I see. I'll just say that. So, um, I, you know, we, I I told him what his diagnosis was after he presented his symptoms and He had asked when was I going to complete the paperwork. So I said, first let me see the forms. So he said, he gave me the forms. I had him sit in the lobby because I wanted to take a moment to actually look over the forms. I had never done this before just to also make sure that I can truly fill this out. So it was actually just a form to identify his current symptoms, his diagnostic. Uh, code and the label and treatment plan. And that's when I'm glad I paid attention to the form because I said, oh, this isn't a one-time deal. You need to come back. And I would honestly want him to come back because of the diagnoses. So I pulled him back in and I said, based off of your current diagnoses and also based off of this form, you're going to need to come back every single week Up until I say on the form when when we need to reevaluate, because typically with these forms, um, if I put we're going to reevaluate in 60 days, the goal would be that I have to measure his progress in therapy within that 60 days, which means you can't disappear. And apparently that was his plan. And so that's when it went bad. And he said, well, how much is it going to cost for you to fill out this form? And I told him like um, $35 or something like that because the form was like two pages. Very, very simple, right? And he said, okay. He said, so how much is it going to be for me to have to come back? Because I have to drive trucks for work and all these things. I said, but in your intake, you told me that these symptoms have impaired you to go to work. So if you're going to go to work, I have to report that. And that doesn't match. So you do need to come back. And he was like, well, how much is that going to cost? And I said the same amount as this session, 150. He said, okay. So he paid the 150 plus the report. I gave him the report. He came back one other time. And then during that time, he said, I can't do this anymore. Um, I'm just going to find another therapist that can work with my timeline. And I said, that's fine, but please keep in mind that the therapist who fills out the next form, they have to put down that you're going to be evaluated and based off of the diagnoses that they come up with, with what they see, they're going to tell you the treatment plan that goes along with how often you have to come in. And if he's driving big rig trucks in which he told me he's going to be gone for six to seven days at a time, what that told me was that the mental health isn't that important and you know, what does that tell me about what this worker worker's comp really is? And I'm not going to dive too deep into that, but that's the conversation that I had with him and he wasn't that happy. So the lesson that I learned from that particular client is one, don't devalue your value simply because, meaning don't lower your price just because somebody doesn't want to pay that because initially we had to negotiate that price. um, And I just wasn't budging. And then also he was trying to get me to do something to me that was very unethical, which is fill out a form, say that he has his diagnoses, which at least per his symptoms he had, and then to say that we would reevaluate in 30 days, but he's not going to come back for treatment in between. That is unethical. And so I'm okay with losing a client if they don't want to engage in the quality of care because I really care about also what impression I give all four therapeutic services. And even though he wasn't happy with the way in which I went about the frequency of therapy, I hope that later on he recognized that If the symptoms were true to what he was experiencing, that I was doing what's in the best interest of his mental health. And so just to recap, my first three clients in private practice, the first one was, um, I'm going to call him, uh, let me get a client, then I'll find an office. Okay. And of course... If you're a therapist and you're listening to this and if this is your experience, please contact me. Okay, Just simply email us at hello at drtk.com and inquire about coaching services so that I can help you create a branding and marketing blueprint to put your private practice out there in the right order to be less stressed and not overwhelmed and be simple. Okay. The second client that I received is the workers comp gone wrong. And then the third client was actually a cool client. He was actually an athlete. He reminded me just like the first client, but the only difference was I recognized that I wanted to have something closer to home versus fighting traffic to go to the West of LA. So I found an office... That was actually more within my price range that I can work um, there part time. And that's how I started building up my private practice that then grew into um, an internship site per se that then grew into a group practice in Cerritos, which is where I'm currently at. And I actually moved there in 2012 as well. So I've been there for approximately eight years. So I've been there for a long time. And within there, I have a, previous podcast episode, that's I think number three or four, but if you go back to the beginning, um, I talk about having four therapy offices within a three-year time frame because there are certain things that you want to look into if you are a mental health provider um, and, or if you're just a business owner and you want to grow, of course, over time, then there's certain things that you want to look into when you're building your business. And so I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. And I really hope what you got from this is that there's no perfect way to start a business, but because there are resources out there such as myself that has had the experience of making hella mistakes as a mental health provider and then also um, deciding that I want to get better at not just my skill set of being a mental health provider, but also as a business owner, because those are not things that I'm taught in graduate school. I needed to invest in myself invest in my set, and in my business and join mastermind programs, um, join coaching programs, join online course programs where it taught me how to brand myself, how to market myself. And I've been getting coaching for almost five years now. Okay. And so if you are a mental health provider and you need assistance with building your private practice, please, um, Email us at hello at drtk.com. In the subject line, just put, you know, therapy practice or therapist coaching, and we'll um, get back to you, um, you know, very quickly. And we'll um, possibly even set up a consultation and or um, respond back to any questions that you have via email so that we can get you linked with the right program to get you on the roadmap to building a profitable, prosperous private practice. PPPP, <laughs> right? And or just a profitable mental health business. So um, share this episode with someone who you know needs to hear it. If you're a non-therapist and you're listening to this, I really hope that you can resonate this w- with this as well. Um, but make sure that you take a snapshot. Take Tell me your biggest takeaway on IG. Also make sure to subscribe to the podcast episode and I will see you in the next one. Bye.